children of all ages. Calling Public Radio, WPWL proudly brings to you the man who puts the rad in radio. Prepare to be entertained and inspired. He is Dizzy Parker. Well, 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 I am back for a second week. Apparently everybody didn't hate me down here at the radio station. So, I'm going to ask the rhetorical question. How's everybody doing out there in Radioland? Great. Awesome answers. So, once again, my name is Dizzy Parker. If you didn't catch me last week, I'll give you a little bit of a recap of who I am. Uh, First and foremost, I am a Christian. And uh, this isn't going to be a Christian show, but it is a show from a Christian. So, just know that everything that I say is going to be from the Bible, from my spirit, from from. A godly perspective. And I'm inviting all of my fellow Christians out there to call me out. Uh, Not many of us are willing to do that, but by all means, call me out if I ever say anything that is is unholy or anti-biblical or contradictory to anything. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, do whatever you have to do. Make sure I'm in line because you know what? I do it too. I do it to people, and I think we should all do that as a family. And if you're not a Christian, I'm still inviting you to keep me in line because if I'm misrepresenting things, don't let me do it. And once again, a funny name, Dizzy, comes from the movie The New Guy. If you haven't seen it, check that out. It's a PG-13 comedy from 2002. So I want to give a shout out to my uh, sister from a different mister. Her name is Lindsay, and she is doing a uh, a winter Spartan race today. I forget exactly where it is, but she's a psychopath because it is 19 degrees outside right now. And so shout out Lindsay. And if you're seeing this on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash the Dizzy Parker. Hey, Lindsay. Oh, so it was a weird week, wasn't it? Uh, how about those Oscars? I'm only going to mention this for a brief moment because I don't even watch the Oscars, honestly. I heard about it, so I had to talk about it. Uh, so um, we had we had the award for Best Picture mistakenly given to the movie La La Land when it should have gone to the movie Moonlight. And it turns out that the accountants from PWC, uh, fun fact, I have a friend that works there, they were a little distracted while they were passing out the envelopes. Uh, that tweeting will get you in trouble, am I right? So whoever this accountant was, uh, my friend says she knows the guy that passed the envelope on stage. That's pretty cool, I think. But she said that he was tweeting, and that's what all the reports are saying. And he was a little starstruck by Emma Stone, uh, Is there any time in this world where we don't have our phones out and in our hand actively? It would it would be super if we could actually pay attention, right? Uh, Right now, are you driving? Is your phone in your hand? Put it down. It's bad for you and bad for everybody on the road. But um, uh, in good news, Octavia Spencer says she is praying for the accountant that got the whole thing messed up, and. I'd I'd like to take a little bit of a moment to talk about what was going on at the Oscars. Again, I didn't watch, but I went back and did a little research. And from uh, NewStatesman.com out of the UK, uh, I guess that would be an objective observer. 
there were at no less than 13 political statements through the night. Now, this is supposed to be an award show. We're supposed to be focusing on entertainment and and getting ourselves away from the the stress of politics and global affairs for for these one night only occasions or once a year occasions can we please just be entertained for once that would that would be so great i know that that while i'm i'm doing this show my my goal is to entertain and inspire as the intro says um I'm not going to be addressing a lot of political topics. I want to I want to take your mind out of that for once and put it right in front of you where your life is because that's what we're here for. We're here to live our life, not bicker and argue over the stupid things that the media is giving us to argue about. Let's ignore that for once. And uh, in other news, Danielle Brigoli, Catch Me Outside Girl, she is getting her own TV show. And I don't care. I really don't. (laughs) She is going to be the next Honey Boo Boo. No offense to Honey Boo Boo, but where is she today? I don't know either. Alrighty then. So, uh, it's almost springtime also. And I I think that that is awesome. I love the springtime. Everything's brand new. And um, how... I got a little, little question for you. Put it in your mind for a moment. How do trees feel... When the springtime arrives, relieved. Oh, oh, you didn't like that? Ah, come on, guys. Okay, I won't do it again. So, 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 once again, I am a man about social media. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all at the Dizzy Parker. And we all use social media. I'm pretty sure if you're not using social media, you're, you're probably in the minority. And, well, I salute you for that, by the way. You're living in the real world, I'm sure. But uh, most of us live in the social media world now. And um, that's basically just the way we communicate. I actually got, I started half of this information this morning uh, just on social media. And then I did a little bit of deeper research. But social media, once again, I, I was listening to, to a podcast from a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V. Um, he swears a lot, so so uh, I don't recommend you go see him, but he has a lot of smart things to say. Uh, he, the podcast said it was giving comparisons about, about the different ways we communicate now versus the past. And he was making the point of the way communication has always changed. Now um, your average teenager goes home and they pull out their phone or their or their iPad or their laptop if we still have those. Anybody still have a computer? I do. They pull they pull out their media device and they start texting or they start scrolling down their social media feed and posting selfies for the day. And they do that for hours and hours and hours and go to sleep and go to school again the next day. And the point was that that is no different than the than the children and the teens and the young people of the 80s and the 90s who would come home and 
They would sit on the phone for four hours at night. There literally is no difference. And, you know, when I heard this podcast, it, it had, a, had an effect on me. I was, I was stopped and I thought, wow, he is so right. Because I've been, I've been against the social media movement, even though I'm on it. I'm there because you guys are there. And this, this actually changed my perspective a lot. It's exactly what I used to do when I was younger. I, I had AOL, and I would spend some time in the AOL chats after school. Uh, I was too young to be doing that too, but that's, none of, that's not part of this story. And, and before my generation and before my mother's generation, people weren't sitting on the phone and they weren't playing on their computers. Uh, they would have said that that generation was weird. They were messing up communication. You should go to your neighbor's house and chat with them face to face. I went, wow. So my perspective on social media has changed just a little bit, but I did, I did also notice another thing. I'm a YouTube fan. I like, to, I like to look at random stuff. I'm a wrestling fan, so I look at wrestling stuff on YouTube, and I look at movie theories. And one YouTube video I saw recently showed, showed a, a friend notification from Facebook. It had the little one or two beside the little person figure. And I had that little excited anxiety that you get when you have when you have a notification on your phone it's like haha somebody wants to talk to me all right and and that led me down a little path like i was not looking at my phone i was not looking at facebook why was i excited to see that notification and it looks like we're being programmed <laughs> And so I dug a little deeper and I found a few articles and I have this article right in front of me now from the tele- telegraph.co.uk um, where physiologists say that we are experiencing notification anxiety. And let's see here. Let's go up on that just a little bit. All right, so due to technology enabling people to be at their emails, constant beck and call, a culture has developed where people must feel they are constantly available for work, according to research. As a result, an unwritten organizational etiquette has become ingrained in the workplace, and employees have developed habits which negatively impact on their emotional well-being. Studies have shown the exact thing that I found out by accident. These notifications are causing responses in our brain. And the article urges us to, to have times of day where we specifically do not touch our phones or our social media. So put those things down. Uh, I would personally recommend that be like the last one or two hours before you go to sleep so your mind's not still racing onto the next thing. And also, uh, last week we talked about how I am a child of the 90s, and um, I was a big Boy Meets World fan, and, you know, some of us still have a little childhood left in us. So uh, when I found out Girl Meets World was coming, I fell in love with that show. I understand it's a kid's show today, but I still fell in love with it, and I watch it when I have a chance to sit down and relax with my breakfast. Um, 
this particular episode from this week was where um, main character girl had a social media account and she made she made up a persona for herself called Jessica. Let's hear a little clip from that. Ooh, Jessica's twenty likes. Refresh. Jessica's two hundred likes. Refresh. What's going on? Jessica's super popular. People really love her. Look at the comments. Jessica says everything I'm thinking. <laughs> Jessica makes me less afraid to be me. I went to summer camp with her. Jessica's my best friend. She's always been my best friend. She has. Now Jessica was a success, so delete Jessica and put up your real profile and let everybody like you before it's too late. So, did you catch that? This persona, it, she, if you watch the show, um, and I say I give it five stars on Netflix. If you watch the show, uh, the character has a blue wig and she dresses all outlandishly, but uh, she is, she is a front. She is not the real person. And all of these people felt like this persona was somebody that they would love to love to stand behind, that they would love to know. She felt like Jessica spoke for them. And I noticed that because, once again, I'm, I'm also addicted to scrolling down my Instagram and the Facebook. Not that I mean to be, but it, we're programmed. So... I scroll down my Insta feed and I notice how many girls and and guys for that matter. I just don't have a lot of guy friends. Um, I notice how many of these people are posting things that make their look, life look like it's rich, outlandish. They look like they're in better shape than they actually are. I know some of these people and I know your tricks. The little hip. I know. I know what the deal is. But... Um, we have a we have a flaunt culture and we have this we have a society where people want to appear better than they are so we get that notification that tells us the little the little heart the little like we always have something to stimulate us mentally and i feel like it might be unhealthy I know that I know it is for me. Like every time you guys click like on something, I really, really love it. I shouldn't. It's a notification on the on the computer or the cell phone. It should not be important to me. But I've got friends who post their workout so they they when they start their diet plan over and over and over and over. They start their diet plan. They post videos and pictures to stay motivated and they're motivated by these little likes and i feel like i feel like that's an unhealthy way to live and right now i don't exactly have an answer to it but i would be willing to hear from you guys um get in contact with me yeah i'm shooting myself in the foot with here with this on my social media accounts i'd like to hear from you you could also email me at we are at dizzyparker.com and i'd like to hear your feedback on whether or not there is a solution is there a better way to motivate yourself and while you think about that, I'd like to take a little break. We're going to play my song, Saying Goodbye, from the album City in the Clouds. And I'll be back with you shortly. In- 
this road I travel? Is this my destiny? Oh, I refuse to regret Back to your memory You made your last mistake And now you'll be surprised I'm saying goodbye one last time You live and you learn, at least we tried Don't be afraid of what's inside We're chasing our fate, we learn to Ladies and gentlemen, that was Saying Goodbye from Dizzy Parker. Pick up the album City in the Clouds on DizzyParker.com. You can stream that for free today. All right, shameless radio plug guy. Thanks. I appreciate it. So now we're going to move on to our positive spin section because my name is Dizzy and I like to put a positive spin on things. So I made I made a video that I posted on Facebook and YouTube this past week and it was actually met with a little bit just a little bit of negative negative feedback and I'm I'm not sure that the that the point got across but I actually mean this in the in the most positive ways. If you haven't seen the video, uh I'm basically going to recap it for you right now. It was about it was about the diagnosis that the doctors put on you. I came across an article that said that correcting people's grammar is a form of obsessive compulsive disorder. And I've been correcting grammar for years and my mother is streaming live. She probably will say yes to this. I've been doing it since I was about four years old just because I heard heard language on the TV and everybody spoke a little differently around me. So I felt the need to correct it. I don't know. But but how far is this going to go? How many things are we going to diagnose now? We have we have OCD, we have ADD, ADHD, restless leg syndrome, blah, 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 blah. Um, and there's a medication for each and every one of them. How many of you are on medication for one of those or have been? Raise your hands out there in Radio Land. Ah, I see that hand. I see that hand. Exactly. 
So I'm going to tell you three stories really quickly. I won't I won't go too far into detail, but you can get the whole video on my YouTube page. It's a long one. But uh, the first story is going to be about my cousin. My cousin was an artist growing up, and he also, he'd spent a lot of time in his room playing video games and whatnot. He, he had a few friends. We were in a small circle, but we were both kind of socially awkward. Uh, no offense to you if you hear this, uh, we were, but we were. We, we had each other, and we had a few other people, and that was it. He was, he was basically a perfect artist, and um, I'm a sketcher, but he could draw everything with one line per, per stroke and get exactly what he wanted with a pen. And today, we look at little kids like that, oh, autism. No offense to anybody with legit autism out there. Um, but today, this guy works with the 501st Legion uh, from Star Wars for charity because of his attention to detail and the way that and he wears a mask when he does this because, hey, it makes him feel empowered. And I'm sure there's a diagnosis for that, isn't there? Uh, the other one is one of my best friends in the entire world. Um, he grew up and had it. He had diagnosis for ADD, ADHD. He they tried to put him on medication. Uh, he was he was colorful. He was charming to the teachers, and he found different ways around studying because he just wasn't entertained by it. And this guy, he he refused to take medication for a while, and eventually just lived his life without it. But with that personality of his, he found better ways to learn his subjects. He developed a strong personality with teachers, and he eventually became a high-ranking Marine, never having to see battle, who knows how many lives he saved. And the third story is about my little brother. Uh, my cousin, my best friend, and myself, uh, we all we all fought with my little brother all the time. We wrestled or we legitimately got in fights sometimes. And we would have this guy. He's about six and a half years younger than me. So he was, he was middle school aged when I was a teenager. And we would legitimately win our matches against him. One, two, three. We'd even count it and everything. And he'd get up. It's not over, man. It's not over. So uh, he was also diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, all that stuff. But now this little guy that refuses to quit, refuses to admit defeat, is following his passions of firefighting. And what kind of person does it take to run into a building that is falling down, that is on fire, risking your life, the kind of person that doesn't know defeat? He doesn't, none of these guys need a diagnosis. They all have little quirks. They're all special people. And if anybody's ever tried to tell you you are less than because you have, you have some kind of diagnosis, do not let that bring you down. It is not a crutch. You are unique. You are perfect in every way. It's up to you to find out how to use that. Let's go with it. And now we move on to our best for last segment. I'm going to tell you a story out of a book that I've been reading called The Slight Edge. This actually... It doesn't have one point, but it has many little points to carry you on through your life, to make the most out of each moment of life. 
<clears throat> this is a story about two frogs. One night, two frogs left the safety of their swamp and ventured into a nearby farm to explore. They soon found themselves having fallen into a bucket. Hopping and jumping around, the frogs will be frogs after all, they jumped into a milk pail full of cream. At first, they were both thrilled. They had never tasted anything so delicious. They drank and drank. Soon after some contented frog belches followed by much giggling, they were both full-bellied and getting just a bit sleepy. Time to get out of here and head back to the swamp for some shut-eye, burped the first frog. <clears throat> but there was a problem. They had no trouble hopping in, but how do they hop out? The inside of the pail was too slippery to climb, and there was nothing on which they could place their feet for traction to get a good hopping distance, or any hopping distance at all. The awful reality dawned on them. They were trapped. Frantic, they began to thrash about, and their little frog feet scrambled for a foothold on the elusive slippery curve of the pail's edge. Finally, the second frog cried out, It's no use! We're doomed, my brother! Let us save our dignity and die here like frogs with our eyes facing our homeland. The first frog cried out to stop him. No! We should never give up. When we were tadpoles, which of us would have ever dreamed that someday we would emerge from the water and hop about on land? Swim on and pray for a miracle. Second frog eyed his brother and sadly said, There are no miracles in the life of a frog, brother. Farewell. And so saying, he turned his face in the direction of the swamp, gave a sigh, and slowly sank out of sight. But the first frog refused to give up. He continued to swim. He swam and swam in ridiculous, pointless, useless, futile circles, hop, hoping against hope for a miracle. Fired by adrenaline, he paddled mightily, yet his brother's dying words clutched to his thoughts even more insidious than the growing fatigue that tugged at his weakening muscles. Was my brother right? He thought desperately. Am I a fool? Are there no miracles in the life of a frog? Finally, he could swim no more, and then with a great cry of anguish, he stopped paddling and let go. Ready at last to face his fate like a frog, but something odd happened. Or rather, didn't happen. He didn't sink. He just sat exactly where he was. Ever so tentatively, he stretched out a foot and felt it touch something solid. He heaved a big sigh, both sad and grateful, said a silent farewell to his drowned brother, then scrambled up on top of the big lump of butter he had just finished churning and hopped out of the pail off to the swamp alone but alive. That's my message to you guys. Never give up. Never let anything bring you down. Once again, thank you, WPWL, for allowing me to use some of your airwaves. Thank you to my super producer, Zach. I've been Dizzy Parker. You've been awesome. Have a wonderful day.